to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. We trust that you will enjoy today's message and that it will encourage you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ our Savior. It's a very practical message uh, for tonight and I'm going to ask the rest of the students that aren't here tonight, I'm going to ask them to listen to this because I believe it is also, it's a very practical way of just living out day to day, but also very relevant to the exams and the tests coming up because what I see generally, or not just see, what I experienced when I was a student as well is typically when tests comes or exams come, we do crisis management and we neglect spending time with God, and we neglect going to church, etc., when that is actually probably the most important time to spend time with God and the most important time to go to church. Um, I remember, I, I, normally my balance was way out on the other side. Um, I just did too much church and too little studying, but um, I'd normally not miss a service. I mean, not a morning or an evening service. Some people think that, okay, I did my church bit in the morning. I'm, I don't have to go to church. I think some of the students think, I did my church thing on Friday. I don't have to go to church on Sunday. Um, but the thing is, that I just, I just never wanted to miss what God was busy doing, uh, whether it was morning service or evening service, etc. It's just, I wanted to be there. Um, and it was always really difficult for me to make the decision to not go. Um, normally it wasn't the decision, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go. It was normally I needed to decide, okay, I'm not going to go because I really have to study right now. Um, and the number of years that I studied is a testament to that, that I normally normally did more church than what I did studying. Um, but anyway, so the message titled this afternoon is Stewarding the Hourglass. And uh, the, it's, I'm going to explain a little bit what stewardship is, but in essence, we all have a certain amount of time. What we all have in common right here, right now, is that we are at the same place at the same time in this building. We all have 24 hours a day. We all have seven days a week. We all have 365 and a quarter days a year. You like a quarter? Remember, there's a. <laughs> yeah, I see, see some confusing faces. There's normally a quarter day that you not know. That's why we have a leap year every four years, because they combine the four quarters every year. Wow. <laughs> okay, so we all have that in common as well, okay? 12 months in the year. Um, but the thing is that. How long each and every one of us are going to live is going to, going to obviously vary. And we have a certain amount of time which we're going to live here on this earth. The, the difference between each one of us here is each one of us are going to do something differently with the time that we've been given. And we need to make the, sort of the sum that we've been, we've been given a certain amount of time here on earth. The emphasis being on given, it's, it's not automatic. God is the one that gives time. And what that implies is that God has given you a certain amount of time to steward. He's, been given, he's given you a certain amount of time 
where at the end of the day, you need to go back to God and say, to show to God, what is it that I did with my time? Right? Being a steward is to go back to the one that you are stewarding it for and go give an account about it. Okay, I'm going to get into the details a little bit later. Okay, Psalm 90 verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And the problem is that we often think that we live for the one day. One day when I get married, or one day when I get my degree, or one day when I have children, or one day when I get a promotion. And there's not, there's not so much wrong with that as, as certain goals in our lives. You should at least one day look forward to having your degree. That's, that's a good one. It's also good to look forward to get married. It's good to look forward to get, to get children. But if that is your main aim, by the time you arrive to it, you're going to realize, okay, well, what now? Or you feel that it doesn't sustain. It doesn't really fill you up. And even you can even be happy, very happy, like live for the rest of your life very happily. But the thing is that we need to live with eternity in mind. And what are the consequences of what I'm doing right now on my eternal, eternal perspective? Okay, so let's get into a little bit of theory here. In terms of stewardship, um, it's not a ship that Stuart is the captain of, okay? All right, the definition of stewardship is managing that which belongs to another. Okay, Luke 12, verse 42 says, And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household to give them? their portion of food in due season. Obviously, another account of where we see a very good principle of stewardship and having to give an account is there where where, uh, Jesus tells this parable of where he gives one servant five, another one two, or no, ten, five, and one, I can't remember the ratios, where the one, the first two doubled what they were given, and the last one that were received one buried in the ground, Etc. The, the the master came back and he asked, "Give me an account of what you did with." It. And he said, "You were faithful with a few. I will trust you with many or a lot." He said, "You were faithful with um, five talents. I will trust you with five cities." It's, it's like a complete. Where the other guy said that, um, he said, "You wicked and evil servant." Um, anyway, that's not, that's not the point of that specific scripture, but the point is is that we are stewards of something for someone else. Your, your money, your time, your studies, your marriage one day, nobody married yet. Okay. Um, your children, you, you are stewards of that, of your relationships, of your possessions. Uh, etc. God is one day going to ask us, what did you do with it? And now, obviously, there's a couple of principles that I, that I want to share. Oh, before I get to the principles, let's just finish this slide. Two most desirable characteristics of a good steward is wisdom and faithfulness. Okay, Wisdom, knowing how to apply the principles in God's word, and faithfulness, applying these principles on a consistent basis. A lot of us uh, know what to do, but some of us sometimes lack the faithfulness or the persistence to constantly 
do that. And that is a very good characteristic of a faithful servant, is to be wise, to know what, what to do, and then to be faithful to do it all of the time. Um, all right, so a couple of principles on stewardship. Okay. So it's, this, this I got, if you, if you do Bible school, you'll have this in your notes as well, some of this. Principles are natural laws instituted by God and have universal application. Practices, on the other hand, are specific to a given situation. Principles are absolute and problem independent, where practices are relative and problem dependent. Okay, what I, I'm going to explain that to you quickly. Okay, principle okay, is something like gravity. You throw something up, it's going to come down. Okay, unless you're Jesus, then you walk on water. Okay. Um, the natural principle or law there, there's certain laws in place, like, um, and I read the scripture now, but like sowing and reaping. Whether you believe it, whether you like it or not, it's applicable. Gravity is one of those things. It's just sometimes it sucks, sometimes it's a good thing. <laughs> um, especially it sucks if you fall flat on your face, literally. Obviously then it sucks, but um, other times it's a good thing. Otherwise we'd all be floating in the air. Okay, that, those are just generally, those are principles, it's universal, and like it says, it's, it's, it's problem independent, okay, it's not, uh, it doesn't hinge on something circumstantial, where, where practices are, um, sort of, it, it depends on the situation, it's a, it's a good tip for parenting, I know not, none of you are necessarily parents here, but this is just a good thing as well, is there certain things in parenting or even in a relationship, etc., that is it a matter of principle or is it a matter of taste? When you discipline your child, is it a matter of principle or is it a matter of taste? Okay, so when you decide what are you going to discipline your child on, discipline them on the principle stuff, not on the practices because just because you like to do something a certain way doesn't qualify that if your child does it in a different way that that it disqualifies it same with a lot of other things in our lives okay galatians 6 verse 7 to 9 do not be deceived god is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap for he who sows to this flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. The principle of sowing and reaping is, is, is one of those. Whether we like it or not, if you're going to sow to the Spirit, if you're going to sow having quiet time every single morning, you are going to reap in the, to, to the Spirit. If you neglect that and just sow to the flesh, then that is what you're going to reap. I remember being in India, when was it? When were we there? Two years ago. And uh, we did a house visit. I can't remember, maybe you were with that one. That one. We did a house visit, and obviously in, in India, there's, uh, the people are, are very staunch Hindu people, and uh, we did this house visit at this couple. And the lady was more Hindu. The husband was Christian, so that's why we visited them. But then the lady's father is very staunch Hindu. And so we had this conversation about Christianity, etc. And I'm like, how's your relationship with God, etc., etc. And he said, um, 
I believe that what you will reap, what you show, you will reap. So, so it's very much got got this. They've got good principles by which they live by, and that principle is applicable even in their faith. And it's it's a God principle. It works. So I just replied and I said, "Now, what if I tell you that if you sow faith in Jesus Christ, that you will reap eternal life?" And you could see he was like, "What did I just say?" <laughs> kind of a thing. And uh, anyway, so there was just just an interesting story about sowing and reaping. And but but it is it works. Okay, if you sow a lot of hard hours into your studies, you are going to reap the benefit of passing at the end of the day. If you sow not studying, then like I did in my first year, really not repassing at the end of the year. <laughs> yes, that is just how it works. And I had this funny thinking that, okay, well, I am studying. I studied accounting, by the way. Um, if I am I'm enrolled in what God wanted me to be enrolled with, I really believed it and I know I was studying what God wanted me to be studying. And therefore... God should then surely sort out my studies as well. I quickly learned this principle of sowing and reaping, that it just doesn't, doesn't work quite like that. Okay, there's a couple of principles just on stewardship here, yeah? and I'm going to run through them very quickly because I want to get to a couple of practical things. Principle of relationship versus performance. Uh, John 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. And the, and the thing, the principle here of relationship versus performance is not, the thing is that we don't gain eternal life or acceptance by God by the things that we do, by our performance or how well we perform. Relationship with Jesus affects our performance. If we are plugged into the vine, the fruit of our lives are automatically going to change. Well, not that automatically, surely automatically to a certain degree. But we are going to want and desire different things that we would have if we were not in a relationship with Christ. Where the inverse of where we think that, okay, if I do X, Y, and Z very well, then I will gain acceptance by God and then I will be able to qualify for a relationship with God he says no come to me come into a relationship with me and as you abide in me as you spend time with me it affects everything else so even in your studies like sometimes just press the pause button and spend some time with God sometimes you stress and you freak out because you don't have enough time to study and you stress so much that you really study ineffectively. And I want to encourage you, just press the pause button every now and then. Spend time with God, pray, worship, and just get to a place of peace again. Where you can think clearly. And then move on from there. And ask God, okay Lord, what should I focus on? I remember writing board exam. Uh, I wrote board exam three times. The first board exam. Um, the second time I wrote board exam... I was in the parking lot before I went. There's like two, it's a five hour exam, and then the next day is another five hour exam. I remember sitting in the car and just praying, and I felt the Holy Spirit saying, Do question two, three, four, and then one. Now, with board exams, for those that study accounting, you know that always time is an issue. Time management is key within an exam like that. And 
and there's lots of information. So you don't have time to read through all the questions and then decide the order. So I just did it. And that was the order in which I knew my, how my knowledge was towards the questions of that paper. I still didn't stick to my time management, and therefore I believe I failed. But if I managed my time better in that exam, I still believe that I would have passed. Anyway, that's just on the side. The Holy Spirit can help you in your exams, give you, a, give you the inside track. But uh, study as if you didn't pray, and pray as if you didn't study. It's, a good, it's just a good rule when you go to, go to, go to exams. Okay. okay, principle of ownership. Psalm 24 verse 1, The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Ownership. God owns everything. Okay, and we steward it for him. Yeah, he owns all the wealth, all the time, everything around us. Okay? He even possesses us whether we allow him to or not. It's just that his, him possessing us just take that much more effect when we open the door for him to be God in our lives. Okay? Principle of possession. Oh, sorry, I meant ownership, not possession. He owns us. Um, Joshua 18 verse 3 Then Joshua said to the children of Israel How long will you neglect to go and possess the land Which the Lord God of your fathers has given you And here's an interesting thing about possession You have 24 hours in a day we don't, all, Not all of us possess all of that 24 hours Because we waste some of it It's the same with this principle or Where it says here That God has given you the promised land But you need to go in and possess it He's given it to you, but you need to go in and, in and conquer. There's still some stuff that needs to happen. Um, so that's just the principle of possession is that, that we possess, but he owns. Okay, It's in his name. All right, so there's just a couple of principles of stewardship. And if there's anything out of today's message that you get, okay, it's this. Life is short. But capital life, capital L life, is eternal. Did you get that? Okay? Life is short, but life is eternal. The capital L there is obviously critical to understand what I'm saying. <laughs> what is eternal life? Anybody? Hey? Living infinitely. That's part of it, but yeah. Why do you say knowing Jesus? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can just fly the next scripture there. John, uh, when Jesus actually prayed, right at the end of his ministry, Jesus said, "And this is eternal life, that they may know the Father." And me, the son who sent Let me read that, otherwise I'm misquoting it. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God. This is Jesus praying to the Father. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And here's the thing. Is that eternal life starts here and now. Why? Because you can know the Father and the Son, this side of dying. So eternal life, capital life, starts this side of our natural death. Okay, so life is very short, but eternal life, knowing God, 
is eternal. And it's interesting how often we spend time on the things that are temporal. We prioritize, we prioritize things that are temporal. Now, I'm not saying don't study because you don't take your degree with you in heaven. Study because you feel God has led you to study. Then it's eternal. But if you're studying and you believe that God hasn't called you to study, then it's temporal. Did you get that? If you, this is so relevant to students, if you go home on holiday for two months during December and January, and you don't believe that that is what God wants you to do for two months, absolutely nothing, okay? <laughs> then it is temporal. Ask God, what must I do with my holiday? Okay? Consider missions. Okay, we do missions in June or December. We do summer camp in December. We do first year camps in January. Well, not in Johannesburg, etc. Whatever. If it is maybe reading a certain book or if it's maybe serving somewhere or, or something. Don't just do nothing. Series is one of those things. Okay? It's, very, it's, it's lacquer, but it's temporal. Okay? However, when you do it out of the conviction that this is... For now, it is cool and it's going to refresh me, it's going to revitalize me, and God is in the picture. Then it's okay, because then you're resting, then you're recuperating. Sleep, you can consider that to be temporal, but if you're not going to sleep, you're going to not live very long. <laughs> okay, so sleep is important, right? It's, it's a temporal thing, but it's an important thing, and therefore it is an eternal thing. So anything that we do, you can actually go and weigh up. Am I doing this out of a place of faith that this God is in this, or is it not, or is he not? Studying is one of those things. If you know that you are studying what you feel God wants you to study, then you're in the right boat. Okay? Now you actually just need to sit down and study, which was very difficult for me. Okay? <laughs> I like had every excuse in the book not to study Yes, in residence, I, we, I studied in Stellenbosch in residence, and I was a champion at darts, and I was a champion at all sorts of games, and whoever did not want to study, they'd come and knock at my door and convince me to do something. Well, they didn't have to convince me far, but <laughs> anyway. All right, here's a couple of uh, laws, and I'm going to explain this very quickly. Um, okay, McDonald, McDonald's laws of unseized time. This is not like McDonald's, it's like chip, like place in the corner it's uh, uh, the guy's surname was McDonald okay? um, unseized time flows towards my weaknesses okay what is uh, who's got an example of a weakness here uh, like for example I, I, I was, I'm a very social person uh, not, not everybody is but I'm a very social person so I don't want to miss out a little, a little bit of FOMO in certain circumstances. Yeah, so when there's something socially going on, <laughs> then I'd rather not study and I go there. Okay, so if, there's, if I didn't plan to study right now, like you sort of generally know, okay, I should be studying or I should be spending time with God, but you haven't really decided, really decided that I'm going to spend time with God right now. Or you didn't really decide I'm going to study right now for the next two hours and this is what I'm going to study. You didn't plan it properly. What naturally happens is it's going to flow towards your weakness. 
that's going to flow towards playing games, if you have TV games, or is going to flow towards watching series, um, etc. Um, like for, uh, this is a very, very more re- recent example for me, is we had DSTV at home. And what happens often, or what used to happen often, is that I'd get home, and because it's there, when you sort of want to relax and do, just, just relax a little bit, what we tend to do, started doing, is just automatically just either watch a series or watch some sport or watch some IPL or whatever. Just naturally go and switch on the TV because there's some dead time which I didn't plan on what I was going to do at that time. So just naturally go and you veg in front of the TV. Um, and Christine and I, my wife, we, we realized that this is stealing of our time. And there are times when I desire to spend time with God but because now I've got this option to watch TV and really not focus, then I'd just rather do that. Uh, when I really feel this, like God is drawing me to spend time with Him or to read a book or whatever, sort of like, what do you want to do? Okay, well, let's watch a series because then we at least we're together. And, and, it, and, and like, it, it really does, it wasn't fruitful. I'm not saying that this is applicable to everybody. I'm just saying that there's time that we didn't plan. There's times where now we deactivated our DSTV. And now I was like, okay, so what are we going to do now? I guess we're going to talk to each other. <laughs> um, or let's, let's just do something, or let's spend time with God, or let's worship God. or Just, it, it just, just taking that out of the way removes the temptation. But now if we, if we want to watch a movie or we want to watch a series, we plan it. Okay, well, we're off that weekend, so let's take out a series and let's watch a little bit just to relax and just get out, just, just be together and whatever, and watch a movie, etc. So now it's out of a different place because now we're planning for it. And it's not just a matter of, oh, I've got an hour open, let's watch something or just veg. So obviously it's different for different people. For the sports guys, it's maybe going to go play sports. <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, I was big on that when my last year in Stellenbosch doing honors. I stayed in a house with three or four other guys, and we played yard cricket like mad. Anyways, that was one of those unseized times where, um, where, it, where it flowed to. Okay, unseized time comes under the influence of dominant people in my world. Okay, if you're in a relationship, if you have unseized time, often it will flow towards your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Not a bad thing necessarily. Um, or if sometimes when there's a very strong dominant friend, not so dominant, just somebody that's very a good friend or, uh, or maybe a parent or a sister, or it, it typically flows towards dominant people in our lives, strong people in our lives, or somebody that's very assertive in our lives. So, oh, come on, let's go and do this. Oh, I mean, you're not going to study now, let's go do this. Um, that kind of a thing. You all relate to like, you're all laughing because you know, like, oh, yeah, maybe you are that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so typically when we don't plan properly, if we, it's difficult to say no to something if you didn't actually really plan to what to do with your time. That's just, unseized time surrenders to the demands of all emergencies. Other people's emergencies become your emergencies. When you haven't, you know you have to study this afternoon, 
but now somebody gets an emergency. Ah, oh, you have to help me get a textbook. Or no, you have to give me your notes. And now you don't have notes to go and study or etc. I'm making it very applicable to the students. So those that are working, just extrapolate that into your work life or your circumstances. Uh, unseized time gets invested in things that gain public acclamation. And this is one that sl probably slightly less applicable to people that are more introvert, more applicable to people that are very out there. But typically we will do something to get the acclamation or the praise of somebody else to, what's a, what's a good example? Um, if there's a social thing going on and uh, you know that you're the life of the party normally kind of a thing and if you don't go then that's maybe not a, not that great of an example. What's a, what's a different example? Um, uh, dress up and go ice cream at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can be social. Yeah, yeah. Um, just thinking of um, even good things. Okay, even good things. Like if you didn't plan... And this is maybe a risk for, 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 for us that are in ministry or that are lead worship, etc. If we didn't plan, we will be more susceptible to go and take the stage because people are going to look at me kind of a thing where it's, going, where it's about me and I sort of get noticed. But it's not necessarily out of the conviction that that is what God has called me to, to be and to do, etc. Yeah, that's maybe more out there an example. Another thing here that that um, just want to just throw in there: procrastination. Okay, huh? It's like a swear word, ne? We procrastinate obedience, and we procrastinate anything really. Okay, it come, everything comes back to obedience. Okay, you know you should be studying, you know you should be spending time with God, but you're like. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna clean my room first, <laughs> no? or I'm just gonna organize my notes, or that's a time when we start serving other people, kind of, kind of thing. It's just God invites us to a place where we are obedient to Him immediately, all of the time. And I give you some or some tips, and some good practices of how to redeem the time. Okay, where we don't just procrastinate, where all of our unceased time just don't flow out of down the gutter. Okay, so this is where it just it really gets practical. Okay, one Corinthians nine verse twenty two, oh, twenty four to twenty seven. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So there's a lot of principles that I can take out of here, but it's, I'm, I'm going to try and keep it short and to the point here. Because there's a place of where we need to get self-disciplined. How are you going to get self-disciplined? Tsepo, how did you get fit? Tsepo plays cricket, by the way. That's why. I, hey, how did you get fit initially? Hey, you practiced and you planned to go to practice 
when you showed up for practice. <laughs> There's some planning involved when we discipline ourselves, when we get into healthy routines. There's some planning. There's some deliberate action. Some things aren't automatic. Okay? Sleep is automatic. You don't have to plan too much for that. However, some of you have to plan to sleep less. Okay? Some of you don't spend time with God because the duvet is holding you down in the morning. Okay, so some of you need to make a plan. Um, I, I remember setting my alarm at university um, and you'd like put it on the other side of the room just to, so that you forced. Uh, you relate to that, right? <laughs> and you get up, and you go get it, you kill it, and you go get back in bed, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just happens. So I started getting my, my best friend. Yes, I remember we had intercession. I can't remember which mornings, Wednesday mornings or Friday mornings at 5 or at 6 in the morning in Stellenbosch. And then he'd come there and he knows I'm asleep and he just knows. So I just wake up and I just go and we walk, we walk there between the tennis courts and I just, yeah, anyway. So I, I, get, I, I got him to come wake me up. And he'd come in, and he'd just pull the blanket off of me. I'm like, no, man. <laughs> he said, you said I must help you? <laughs> anyway, so extreme measures for some time to get over to. That is one example, okay? But for a lot, okay, we struggle to get up in the morning because we go to bed too late. Okay? So if you get healthy rhythms, healthy disciplines, etc. Okay, here's a, here's a little bit of a diagram that, that if you've got a pen and paper, write it down. Otherwise, go and download it from the... From the um, can you sh- uh, just switch? Is, it, is there only one on there? So you just leave one on. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So can you see it? There's an X-axis and a Y-axis there, right? Like, there's four quadrants, okay? Upwards is urgent, that way is important, okay? So typically what we see here is that that quadrant there is the things that we do there is urgent and important. The one here at the bottom is important, but it's not urgent. The one here is not important and is not urgent. And the one there is urgent, but it's not important. Now, I'm going to talk you through there because... Anything you do in life sort of falls into one of those quadrants. And this will help you to know what to do with what in your life. Okay. Okay, first one. Manuel, let's go. Here we go. Okay, so the things that are important and that are urgent, do them. Okay, it's, we, we just naturally do them. Okay, like I'm writing an exam tomorrow. It's important and it's urgent. So do it. An exam in a month's time is not urgent yet. However, it is important. Okay? So the closer the exam becomes, the higher it ranks on that scale of urgent. Okay? However, it's always going to remain important. Um, something, which is the next one there? You know your next one? Okay. The one that is urgent, but that is not important. Try to delegate it. Sometimes it's important to somebody else, but it's not necessarily important to you. And that's why it's urgent. You try to delegate that to somebody else. Okay? Next one. 
The things that are important but are not urgent, diarize them. Plan for them. Okay? And then in the last one, delete. <laughs> the reason I put delete there is because I, can't, I couldn't remember the fourth D, actually. So the, delete just, <laughs> just, just fit in there, right? <laughs> um, all right, but something I just want to explain here quickly is if you just take your go, and, go take a weekly schedule or a month and go and break it down hourly every day go and break it down hourly from Monday to Sunday go and break it down hourly and go and plan what is it that you're going to do what the things that are that are urgent and important like for the last 2 weeks organizing this Angus Bucking event was urgent and it was important so everything else sort of stood still. There's other things that are also important, but there wasn't urgent, which I didn't get to because I didn't plan for it, because it just naturally flew, flowed to the, to the urgent thing. Okay, so I didn't spend that much time always with my family. I didn't always spend that much time with Jesus because there's all this urgent stuff. All right. If you take your, your, your calendar, just take your roster or whatever, and go and just go plan a little bit, you'll see how much time you actually have. How much time do you guys sleep? Eight hours? Six hours? Ten hours? Twelve? <laughs> yeah. Just go and plan, okay? Obviously, some of us sleep more than, than others. Um, I think six to eight hours, I think probably eight is probably where most of us maybe sleep. It's... That is a third of your day gone. Okay? You have 16 hours left. Okay? If you're working, you work eight hours a day, that's another third gone. Okay? Some of you are like, I've never thought about that. <laughs> it leaves you with another, another eight hours. For those working and you're working far from home, you spend an hour's traffic there and an hour's traffic back. That's another two hours gone. You can maybe listen audio Bible or worship or pray in the car just to make it worth your while. Or listen to the news to stay up to date with what's happening. So make it, make it count. So that leaves you with six hours. Now you haven't even you haven't, you haven't showered, you haven't made food, you haven't eaten, you haven't shaved, um, and you haven't had quiet time. Um, so obviously that, that is... It's just important to, to plan in that context. Now, for, for the students here and, and for, for, for us that, are, that are, don't, are not managed by somebody else in terms of our work, we need to plan further ahead about what is it that I'm going to do when. And uh, this little thing here will help you. There are certain things that are, that are urgent. Um, if you have time, then obviously help a, help a brother out. Um, the the like series are typically in that not urgent and not important thing um, quadrant. Okay, delete is probably not the best um, description of what you need to do there. But at the same at the same time, if you diarize the times when you're going to relax and just chill, um, then 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 you know okay well, you can relax and and just enjoy enjoy that time. Um, and and what is like one of the most important things, or the most important thing for us as Christians, is to spend time with God. And that is the one area that takes, that moves down the priority list the moment we get too busy and we don't plan. Um, and for me, that is married, 
Um, my time with Jesus takes knocks, and then my time with my wife and my kids takes, takes knocks if I don't plan properly. So I've made a concerted effort that I don't do ministry on more than two evenings Monday to Friday so that I am at least three evenings in a week I'm at home. Now, that doesn't mean that my wife sit and stare at each other every three or all three evenings. It's just that I am at home, I'm there, I'm there to spend time with the kids and then plan to have a date night every now and then as well. Um, it's just, you know, I'm there, I'm present. She can do her thing, I can do my thing. Just there's that togetherness, for example, okay? And then, um, okay, recapturing the time. It's almost there, okay? Running out of time. Okay, okay I must know the rhythms of maximum effectiveness. What does that mean? That means that you are more effective at doing certain stuff at certain times of the day. Okay? Generally, it's a good practice to have quiet time first thing in the morning. However, some of you guys are zombies first thing in the morning. Okay. Now, my question here is, is it because you went to bed too late? Or is it because you're really not a morning person? <laughs> okay? now, if you had enough sleep in, at night... I'd, I'd say 90% of us are actually will function all right in the mornings. And it's actually a good time to have quiet time. First thing in the morning, dedicate your day to God. Spend time in the Word. Spend time praying. Spend time worshiping God. See how different your day goes. However, not all of us function that way. Okay, Some of you are very awake at night hours. you like very awake at night. Okay, You run the risk that you become very social at night. I want to <laughs> see that giggle there. I want to I wanna emphasize it. If you're not going to plan to spend time with God then at that time when you are the most alert and the most effective, it's going to flow towards the other people in your life. Or you're gonna, it's going to flow towards your weakness of just wanting to be social. Put an hour aside there and just spend time with God. Or worship God or whatever. Um, Consider, and I want to encourage you that if you spend time, quiet time at night, don't just do a reflective quiet time. What do I mean by that? Don't just reflect on what happened this day. If your main quiet time happens at night, start praying about the next day and dedicate the next day to God. Um, okay, I mean, okay, I must have good criteria for, for choosing how to use my time. Okay, here's a good saying. The strength to say no firmly but courteously derives from a sense of purpose or mission. What I mean by that is, what are we called to do? What are you called to do? All of us have been called, first and foremost, to be with God. Abide in Him. Abide in Him. Abide in Him. Spend time with Him. Jesus says, come to me. I will give you rest. Come to me. Spend time with me. Okay, we're all called for that. I hear a lot of people that are just like, what is God calling me to do? What is God calling me to do? I'm like, just go spend time with Jesus. <laughs> That's universal for all of us. He calls us to Him first. Before He calls you to do anything, He calls you just to sit at His feet. Um, if you're confused about that, then you're going to be confused about anything else about what God wants you to do. Okay, but then from that place of spending time with him, there's certain specific things that God is calling you to do. Okay, 
Maybe God is calling you for a season to be on the worship team. Maybe he's calling you for a season to not be on the worship team. Maybe he's calling you for a season to serve with the students. Maybe he's not calling you to do that. Maybe it's at a different place. Maybe it's to take a sabbatical. Those specifics comes out of personal relationship with Jesus. Spending time with Jesus, you get that kind of direction, that kind of conviction. Okay, you still awake? Just shake somebody next to you and say, it's almost time. Okay, what do we do best with our time? Okay, just re- rewind here. Most of you guys that are students here, you've, you've been called, you are here to study, so that is one of those priorities. Okay? Now, I want to say, I want to say spending time with God is a bigger priority than, spe- than studying. But in balance. Not like I did. Okay? I spent time with God, and I spent time with the youth, and I spent time with the students, and I spent time with the res, and all of the ladies' residences. Um, okay? Anyway. Um, no, healthy, healthy kind of relationships, okay? It's like, we, uh, my friend and I, we had like the record for the most dances that we attended, like lady residences. Never mind, I'm going to go off the point here. Uh, what are the necessities with, uh, without which we cannot get along? Um, like, for example, eating, showering, sleeping, spending time with God. Everything else has to be considered negotiable, discretionary, not necessary. And I want to say that more students would have been here tonight if they plan better for this upcoming week's tests. Amen? <laughs> right? Amen? Some of you are like, oh, I should actually be studying, I shouldn't be there. <laughs> it applies to you as well, okay? If we plan well, then we will prioritize time with God, we will prioritize time with other believers. Now I know when time when the exam comes, we're not going to have we're not going to have student services, etc. Still going to have morning services. Uh, if you plan well and you study well in advance, then you're going to go with a lot of peace to church, and you're going to come with a lot of peace back to study. But if you don't plan well and you don't use the time that God has given you then you're going to freak out that time, then you're going to start neglecting time with God, and you're going to start neglecting time with other believers, and you're going to start stressing, develop ulcers and all sorts of stuff because of the stress. No, I'm, not, I'm not speaking that over you, okay? It's just that that's, that's what stress does sometimes to some people. Um, and you'll have a lot more peace. Okay, there's, a, there's, a, there's a peace of God, obviously, that transcends all understanding that we gain within the presence of God. But then there's also just a common sense kind of piece of planning well in advance for certain things. Right. Last one. I seized time and commanded when I budgeted far in advance. Get your priorities right. The non-negotiable aspects of my private world, my spiritual disciplines... And then the schedule of my Wayne work to which I am committed. And even with, 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 with those here yeah, that are working, I want to say that even within the context of working, if you work, if you really use your time well, 
I, I remember I, I had this advice from a guy who wasn't saved, but he had a lot of kingdom principles in the back of his mind. And uh, there's two, two principles that I learned from him. And there was, there, was a, there was a recruiting director of Deloitte. I would have gone to do my articles at Deloitte. I didn't pass my honors, so I didn't go and do it there. I did it somewhere else. But anyways, sort of besides the point. Um, the conversation that I had with him, God used the conversation I had with him of how God called me to Johannesburg. He said, you can go do your articles in Cape Town or wherever. He said, but in Johannesburg, this is where things happen. And if you want to be a large fish in a small pond, then go somewhere where it's not, where it's not Johannesburg. But if you want to be a medium fish in a very large pond, then come to Johannesburg. And it just, it just, God just used that conversation with him just to how he called me to Johannesburg. Another conversation that I had with him was, he said, when you go to do your articles, you want to graft very hard and do your work well so that you can get your, your nose out of, up from your computer and start to look around, around you. Now, he was talking about in the context of learning to know the industry, learning to how people operate, learning how to just outside of your immediate work. But I want to say that if you do your studies well and if you do your work well, you can get your head out of what you are currently grafting with just on a natural level and you can start engaging with people's hearts. You can start building bridges to, to, for the gospel into people's lives. The inverse is unfortunately also true. If we neglect working hard and if we neglect having a testimony, our lives being a living testimony, we sort of lose a little bit of street credit in terms of my God is good. Oh, I saw this I saw in the beginning of this year, and I don't want to knock ministries, but this just struck me. There's people walking around with t-shirts like in Christ, like no no failure, no what was it, no supplementaries, all pass, all great. Da, da, da. I'm like, I must not have been in Christ when I studied. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it, it's sort of like it's a false presentation of Christ. Christ, yes, doesn't fail us. But if we don't study, we're going to fail. Um, and why am I saying that? It's just that obviously our natural things that we do and what we do with our time needs to then reflect that we are um, children of God. Now, I never, when I eventually got it right, I never cummed my degree or my board exams or anything. Ah. I married a wife which cummed everything. Eh? <laughs> One thing I have is I have taste. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's so my children are going to be clever. Eh? Um, anyways, um, but I did what God called me to do. I studied what God wanted me to study, and all the time I felt God is saying, you're going to finish with what you started. And exactly one year after I, well, a year and a month, after I qualified as a CA, God started releasing me into full-time ministry. I wanted to go into full-time ministry all the time. 
But he just said, you're going to finish this. You're going to finish what you started. And you know how much that char- how my character formed in that time? There's so much self-discipline that I needed to learn by studying to become a chartered accountant that I would not have learned if I went to study theology, which, I, which was those two options. I'm going to go study CA and I'm going to study theology because I felt God was calling me for full-time ministry. So now I want you to go study CA. And in, in the beginning, I didn't understand it. Um, halfway through, I sometimes understood it. And now looking back, I understand it. Is that God just said that if for your character to develop the way I want you to do your character develop, this is what I want you to do. And there's an immense amount of, yes, I just wanted to bang my head against a wall sometimes. And the song that we sang earlier, um, Your Love Never Fails, it's like after I passed my first board exams, just that, it was, that song just came out. And, I, and just when I listened to that song, I just broke down and just wept. That, 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 that phrase, it says that the chasm just is far too wide. Obviously, the context of the song is a little bit different, but I just realized that there were some times that I really didn't feel like this, uh, I'm going to make it through. Um, but I just felt like God's love, God's love was never ending. He was always with me, and I just felt that just this freedom um, in that. So I want to pray for us. And just before I pray, just in conclusion, Just to, just to recap, there's a teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Be a good steward of the time given to you. Life is short, but life is eternal. And I want to say with that, so prioritize your time in the light of eternal life and not just in that which is short term. And recapture time by prioritizing and planning according to God's will for your life. Amen. I'm going to pray for us. I believe this is uh, like from some of the nods that I got here. <laughs> yeah, I think all of us can relate. This is a very practical message. Okay, This is not an earth-shattering, goosebump experience kind of message here and now. But I can tell you if you're going to apply this, these principles in your life on a day-to-day basis... Your relationship with God is going to be on a different playing field, okay? And your studies are going to go that much better because you're going to be prioritizing the time that you are spending with time with God and the time that you are studying or working or your relationships, etc. Just last thing, and I know I shouldn't be making new points after conclusion, etc. I just feel this is that um, there's certain, and and I feel this is, I don't know if to, this is applicable to, but there's certain people here that that God is um, he's emphasizing certain relationships in your life to prioritize. There's certain relationships in your life which He's calling you to let go of. Not 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 just let go of in terms of telling the person I can't be your friend anymore. It's just in terms of priority wise in your heart, certain friendships or certain relationships that you need to give less priority to. And there's certain other friendships or relationships that God is calling you to give more priority to. I don't know who it is related to here or whether it's related to everybody. But there are certain, even, even friendship relationships, especially if you're very social. You have a lot of friends, but you don't have a lot of deep friends. God is calling you specifically to go and knuckle down a little bit in terms of a few friends who can really know your heart. Amen. Okay. Father, I thank you that 
that this afternoon, that tonight, God, we can just come and lay down our schedules before you, and lay down our lives before you. We realize, God, that we, we often waste time, we often procrastinate unnecessarily. And we realize, God, that we are stewards of the time that you've given us. We've been given a certain amount of time on this earth, and you are going to call us to account for the time that you've given us. What did we do with the time that you've given us? And we want to, at the end of the day, like Jesus said to you, Father, that he completed the work that you've given him to do. We want to, at the end of the day, be able to say that, that we completed the work that you've given us to do, to be good stewards of the time. Yes, there's times when we're going to enjoy entertainment. There's going to be times when you're going to enjoy resting. There's going to be times when you're going to enjoy other people, fellowship with other people, etc., I pray, God, that you'll bring it for us into context of when do you want us to spend time with what. I pray, God, that as we go and just practically sit down with our schedules, God, either in how little or much detail we sit down and talk to you about it, I pray, God, that as your word says, that that you will direct our steps. And we want to commit our ways to you. We want to know you in all of our ways. Show us what amount of time that we need to spend studying on what. What amount of time do we need to sit down and just sit down at your feet, spend time with you in your word, in prayer, in worship, in fellowship with other believers. Help us to prioritize the right things at the right time. And I pray even for, especially for the students here, God, that they have a lot of holiday. They have three or four months of holiday in a year. I pray that you will give them a word. I would pray that you will lead them by your Holy Spirit so that they would know what to do with their time in those times when there isn't class, there isn't studies during that time. I pray that you will give them a know-how of what to do in those times, whether it is rest and whether it is even just chilling with their mates, but that they would do it out of a place of faith. They wouldn't have to feel guilty that I've been doing nothing. I pray that you would really just be with them in those times. But I pray that they would operate out of that place of faith and that they would plan their holidays. And Holy Spirit, I thank you our helper, our comforter, the one that enables us to do the work of the ministry. I pray that you would come and fill us with your power so that we can go out into our classes, into this university, to do that which you've called us to do. And I pray a blessing of every student here writing tests this week and those that can't be here. I pray, God, that they would experience your presence with them in Jesus' name and your anointing upon them when they write tests that they'd be able to recollect the the knowledge that they gained and be able to write that down. May their lives, may their testimonies, may their relationships be a testimony of your goodness and of who you are, God. In Jesus' name, amen.